Sports with a Z and a T. We are back after a little, I say little layoff. It's been about a month. Hiatus. Hiatus. Um, Taylor, how you been, man? I've been good. We're back in the saddle. Feels good we're, to. We're back in the saddle. Yes, we are. Um, I, I, I do want to apologize to our fans. I mean, we didn't really post anything. It's just been a really crazy start to 2022, um, mostly on my side of things. <laughs> uh, Taylor's been ready. I unfortunately have been not. Um, uh, we uh, <laughs> started off with a car accident uh, the first the first week of January and. Um, had had some issues with that there so that took up another week then i damn near almost burned down the apartment clean uh and through the ringer lately um it's been up it's some ups and downs and i apologize for not going solo but i mean i really don't think no, you guys want to listen to me talk for an hour to myself and then, and then when i was finally <laughs> past those two <laughs> things um work which i mean as most people should know by now this is not our jobs um we have real big boy jobs we'd love and, it to be come on let's share the and, podcast Woo-hoo. and uh <laughs> and uh it just it just got so uh just so busy with work right now and um just didn't have time just didn't have time and it sucks because we really wanted to talk about how awesome the playoffs have been yeah. Uh, wow. I mean, they, this has been one of the more exciting NFL playoffs in a long, long time. Mm, um, agreed. I'm biased because the most exciting playoffs for me was when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, but I digress. Well, yeah. um, and then we have Still one of the best yeah. Super Bowls ever. I'll, I'll give you that one. Thank but you. it just the com- the combination of all the games are aside from like uh, off the top of my head, like the the Steelers versus Kansas City. That was a blowout. Obviously, that one was predetermined. I've told I mean, you that before, but they both well, been overtimes. Divisional round. I mean, it, you couldn't have asked for more. The best weekend divisional round. possibly ever. Like, uh, and then obviously we had a lot of coaching changes, um, mm-hmm. and we we might get to that, but probably not. We we have plenty of time to talk coaching changes. We might wait till after the Super Bowl to talk about the NFL offseason because we might not have baseball to. T- talk about this year mm-hmm. so we gotta buy our time and then obviously as you're listening to this podcast and i'm sure by the time we're done with this episode and by the time you listen to this episode some of it might be old news but the nba trade deadline is thursday and there mm-hmm. is a lot going on right now we have some we have three blockbusters that we'll talk about and then we have another potential blockbuster coming down the line who knows what else is going to pop up but Ben Simmons and James Harden's name have been paired together in a potential Brooklyn Sixers trade as well. So we will get to that. But like I said, we are back sports with the Z and a T. We are presented by Godzilla Media, spots by Mohawk Honda, Johnstone Supply in Troy, and Saving Face Barbershop up in Saratoga Springs. Let's get right to it, Taylor. Uh, this is a Super Bowl that <laughs> I don't think any of us predicted. I mean, you Based got the Rams AFC in. side. Yeah, you I got, did get the Rams right. You got your Rams in, um, which. I mean, it feels like it's been so long ago, but my Packers, not my Packers, but my prediction of Packers, uh, that that went down <laughs> the drain real quick. Um, the Rams made it through. They beat Tampa in the, in the divisional round and then finally got over their Niners woes and made it to the Super Bowl on the NFC side. And then, I mean, if you had the Bengals going to the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year, uh, God bless you. They were 125 to one preseason long shots (laughs) to reach the Super Bowl. They were the second worst uh, team to 
make the Super Bowl. I didn't uh, put money down on that. Uh, congratulations. Congrats. You made, you made some money. <laughs> Con- congratulations. But uh, this is a Bengals team really, really feeling themselves right now, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And, and I mean, look, they have three, in my opinion, very good wins that got them here, um, including the number one and number two seeds on the road. They, you know, mm-hmm. they went and beat Tennessee. They went and beat Kansas City, which probably is the most impressive, obviously, for obvious reasons. Uh, This is a Bengals team that's really coming in, playing their best football. And I remember you and I talking in the regular season that this was one of those teams that we could never get a grasp of. Like when they played at their best, we were talking about them being one of the AFC favorites. We were talking about them being one of the best teams in the AFC, but then they turned around and lost the goddamn the Jets, Jets. Yeah. um which I'm still bitter about but yeah. uh, uh this is a <laughs> Bengals team look this is going to be an interesting matchup we're going to get into it uh on both sides of the ball but this is going to be their toughest test yet which is the LA Rams out in LA home game for the Rams it's so weird to talk about this like for yeah. years a team never hosted a Super Bowl when their city was the host city. Now we've done it two two years in a row. We've had the Buccaneers last year, and now we have the Rams this year. Now, granted, I don't know how much of a home field advantage you're going to have in LA, but needless to say, it's still for conversation's sake. Bengals, Rams, Taylor, this is going to be a good Super Bowl. Yeah, I I hope so. I hope that it takes a track of all the other playoff games we've had this year and that it it is a close game. I'm hoping for overtime cuz I mean, that's that's the most exciting. Um but yeah, I've never had an overtime in the Super Bowl. I think we've talked about um in the beginning of the playoffs when we were doing our playoff predictions. I think we both said that I especially I believe I said that I, I thought the Bengals they're like a dark horse. They were they were the team that if they stay hot, they get hot. They have Joe Burrow, and he has, um, I think, the clutchness and the poise to be a quarterback who can bring you places. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you have weapons like Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase, who are just incredible. Um, Their defense is good enough, uh, great at times, and good enough to, you know, make stops where they need to, stopping Patrick Mahomes in in overtime. I mean, the, the Bengals didn't win the coin toss. And then I hear everyone complaining about how, you know, the Bills and the Chiefs and, oh, you should change the overtime rules because the Bills didn't get a chance. It's like if you need to you need to make a stop. That's 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 the deal. That's that's the contract you sign. You have to play both sides of the ball. And Bengals were able to do that in in the most, uh you know, clutch of moments when Patrick Mahomes is driving down the field. You make him throw an interception and then you come down and win the game. And so if the defense is playing like that, the offense, you know, Joe Burrow, the one thing that will hold this team back and the one thing that I worry about, and I'm sure we'll get into it even more when we talk about the actual game itself, is their offensive line. And, and yeah. obviously that was yeah. shown in the Titans yeah. game when he got sacked <laughs> nine times, still won the game, which is very impressive. But, I mean, you're not going to win many games if you're getting sacked nine times. And, oh, by the way, you might just have the best defender of all time or at least up there in the top five in, in Aaron Donald on the defensive line coming at you. So that uh, – and a former <laughs> a former Super Bowl MVP in Von Miller as well. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be tough sledding for the uh, offensive line for the Bengals in this one. When it comes to the Bengals, like they are the prime example to me, like the regular season's best team does not necessarily win the Super Bowl. We see it time and time again. Hell, I think you could say it didn't happen this year. We thought the Packers were 
in my opinion, quite heavy Super Bowl favorites. I thought they were playing well at the right time. I thought Rodgers was on, you know, a, a mission to go and get a Super Bowl and is potentially last year in Green Bay, but nonetheless, it didn't happen. It's the team that plays the best and with the most confidence in the postseason. And sometimes that gap can be wide. But let me tell you, every single member of this Bengals organization, from player to coach to front office to scouting department, whatever it is, believes it can win. And that's really more than half the battle. The Bengals believe in themselves. They don't really care about the outside noise. And this is a team playing very confidently. Now, when you look at the talent, Obviously, on the offensive side of the ball, if Joe Burrow could get the ball out of his hands, right, the <laughs> Bengals are in great shape. Entering Sunday, they had the second highest expected points added per play. Uh, Burrow leads the league in completion percentage over expectation. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has been an absolute stud. Um, going into the AFC Championship game, Cincinnati ranked 30th, though, in pass block rate. And Burrow has had been sacked on 9% of his dropbacks, fourth highest in the NFL. Why is that important? Well, when you <laughs> look at what the Rams' strength is, one of them is absent. And I say one of them because they have many strengths. One of them is that pass rush in that front four. Aaron Donald, Von Miller, are a huge mismatch against the Bengals offensive line. We've seen how Burrow has managed to hold his own against pass rushers who have been getting home, but the Rams will be the most aggressive and talented rush that he has faced probably all season long. And many Super Bowls have been won by dominant interior pass rushes, taking quarterbacks out of their comfort zone. Last, I, year. <laughs> I, last year, why did the Chiefs struggle so much against Tampa Bay? Patrick Mahomes did nothing but run for his life for an, an entire 60 minutes. Why did the Eagles, and I'm just relaying this because I know what the Eagles prioritized when they won the Super Bowl. They prioritize both the offensive line and the defensive line. That were the two biggest strengths of that football team. And you see it with the Patriots every, you, you know, when they were in their heyday, the Patriots. Oh, by the way, Tom Brady retired while we were in hiatus. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that uh, happened. That happened. <laughs> um, but you saw what the Patriots did. They always had very, very good offensive lines protecting Tom Brady. They always had a good pass rush. Why did, I mean, you brought it up, Taylor. When the Broncos won the Super Bowl, it wasn't because they had Peyton Manning. He wasn't it the was, MVP. He was not the MVP. Von Miller was Miller, the MVP yeah. because they threw Cam Newton around like a dog toy for 60 minutes. I, I mean, mm -hmm. this is a clear, clear difference maker when it comes to the Super Bowl. And I think the Rams have the biggest difference maker of all. Yeah. And, and yeah, we, the defensive line against the Bengals offensive line is, I think, the biggest mismatch you're going to see um, throughout these two teams. And it's it's the sticking point for me. Um, when someone asks me, like, you know, who do I think is going to win? Um, and I look at it and I'm like, okay, well, let's look at the quarterbacks first. Love Matthew Stafford. I like Stafford a lot. And I like Burrow a lot. I, which one do I think is better? I don't know. I think at this point they're they're close to even, I, I think. Burrow, I think, can grow more. Obviously, he's only in his second season. So I think eventually Burrow will pass Stafford in terms of being better. Um, but I think they're both right now with how much experience Matt Stafford has in pressure situations, especially, you know, because, I mean, playing for Detroit, you were often down. He was often However, down. However, Stafford, so I mean, 
Stafford, I mean, yeah, he played for shitty Detroit teams, but I mean, Stafford was one of the league leaders in fourth quarter comebacks. That's what I mean. It's like he's always down. He was always down because of yeah, the that's true. Yeah, <laughs> but but <laughs> a little but excited. Not, but that's not his fault. But the fact is, he's coming. He's able to come back. Wow. Is the thing. If you're a, if you're a sorry quarterback, a, a a lower end quarterback, you might like a Carson in, Wentz. You might be in a situation where you get sorry. yourself down and you can't sorry. come all the way back because you you just have to do that. Why? <laughs> it's the first day back. It's been a month and you have to come in here and twist knives into my heart. Fuck off. <laughs> anyway, um, regardless of how he gets down, that's not my point. My point is being able to fight back. He's been through a lot of experience, so nothing really shakes him. And that's the kind of thing you saw like when they're playing Tampa Bay um, in the divisional round. Tom Brady was coming back on his way from coming back from down, down 27 to three. So he's coming back again. The whole team seems to be like collapsing around him. You know, people are fumbling all the time, but he's, he didn't panic and he got the job done and he won the game. So I might give the edge to him an experience. Um, If you look at the, you know, the wide receiver core, I mean, you Odell and Cooper Cup, I think a little bit more than Chase and Higgins or whoever you want to put as the number two guy. Um, I like Chase a lot. I think that Chase is comparable to Cooper Cup in terms of being a number one uh, wide receiver. I know Cup is obviously he had a record breaking year, so you got to put him above him right now. Um, and then I don't think it's crazy because I personally would take Chase. Yeah, I like Chase a lot. I I think I'd still take Cup if you were giving me the choice. I mean, you, but I mean, I could take yeah, Chase and I'd be but, happy. I'd be happy. Right. But like, like if uh, you were like, I hope if, so. yeah, like if you were like, you can't have Cooper Cup, but you could have Jamar Chase. I'd be like, all right, well, okay, could do a lot worse. Could do a lot worse. Odell Beckham is probably better as a number two wide receiver than than um, Higgins or, or whoever you want to put Boyd um, as, as the number two. But then, and the offensive line for the Rams. It's it's pretty good. Uh, I mean, it's not the best, but they're solid. Um, and then you look at the 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 one thing that sets them apart is is the fact that the Bengals have a shitty offensive line that can yeah. hold up against well, the Chiefs. It, it, and that was but, the discussion, right? Like with the Bengals when we go when we look back at the NFL draft this past year, like okay, the Bengals are passing up a Slater or a Penny Sewell and they mm-hmm. go and get Jamar chase. And the conversation always was like, that's great that you have all these weapons that Jam- you know, for burrow to throw to, but he's not going to have time to throw the ball to him. And I, I mean, they've made it work. And I think chase is absolutely worth that pick. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think anybody's going to sit there and say no, but it's a, also a conversation. Like at some point you got to prioritize the offensive line or you're not going to have Joe Burrow. Like, yeah. I mean, at some especially point, he was coming off he, the injury. I was about to say, especially considering already his injury history, which mm-hmm. is concerning. And trust me, and and Taylor, you can relate to this. I lived a quarterback that could <laughs> not be protected with an injury history. Carson Wentz got broken, and I believe Andrew Luck retired early because of it. Was because of the injuries. Andrew Luck retired. Yeah. So both, I mean, we've we've both experienced this. You have. You have to protect your moneymaker, and Joe Burrow has already won over the hearts of that that city. For him Mm -hmm. to be, I mean, absolutely beaten and battered, something at some point is eventually going to happen. Why did Tom, a big reason why Tom Brady lasted as long as he did is because he never, ever had a bad offensive line around him, ever. Bill Belichick and that New England front office always made sure to protect Tom Brady. Look, Joe Burrow is mobile, but he ain't that mobile. 
You have mm-hmm. to protect him. So that's definitely going to be a priority moving forward. But when it comes to this game, I mean, you're facing the number one pass rush in all of football. I don't really know what to tell you. Yeah, and and quick, I think the stat- quick slants, dump offs to mix in and and get the ball. The 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 stats have proved that um both these quarterbacks are good against the blitz. But the thing is, with with the Rams front four, you don't need to blitz. You don't need mm-hmm. to blitz when you have Von Miller and Floyd on the other side and Aaron Donald in the middle because you got a double team Donald and he's still gonna win sometimes against double teams. And then that means that you're leaving Von Miller and Floyd in you know one-on-one situations or one on half because you have the 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 running back maybe will you know chip chip at them if 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 need be but i mean i think you're gonna want you know mixon to be involved in the the playing too like the 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 route running um so yeah it's gonna be hard but it's also the question of how many hits can burrow take and still deliver because you still have to look at that titans game he he was sacked nine times and he still found a way to win now that was probably more on ryan Tannehill being ryan Tannehill and throwing picks galore um and i don't think that matthew stafford's gonna throw that many picks i think he will maybe throw one um i would say one is a safe bet to to make he'd throw one one pick but still it's gonna be it's gonna be tough and you're right it's gonna be have to be quick slants like bubble screens, screens to the back, uh, short runs. I mean, that's how they did score against uh, Kansas City. They they had that uh, the short screen to Samaje P. Ryan, and he just took it to the house. Um, whether that's going to be happening against guys like Jalen Ramsey, I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it is. It's going to be tough sledding for the 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 Broncos or Broncos, the Bengals uh, offense. Um, they're probably going to have to rely on a lot of Joe Mixon too. I, I think they'll have to get the oh, running yeah. game going if, if at all possible. Um, they're not going to be able to rely on, on uh, Burrow having a ton of time in that pocket. I wouldn't think. Yeah. Uh, and Burrow was the 55th quarterback in league history to be sacked 50 or more times in the regular season. None of the previous 54 even reached the Super Bowl. So this kind of yeah. tells you the unprecedented situation that the Bengals find themselves in. Took 51 sacks in the regular season, two in the wild card, and then he had the just ungodly <laughs> nine against the Titans. He became the only quarterback alongside the Eagles' Donovan McNabb to <laughs> win a playoff game while being sacked eight or more times. Which, um, you know, usually if your quarterback sacked nine times, you're probably not winning that game. Um, as we've hammered home so far in our breakdown, Bengals offensive line is the weak spot. Big part of the reason Burrow didn't get sacked more Sunday was his ability to escape the pressure. We'll see if he's going to be able to do that. But I agree with you. If they're going to help out Joe Burrow, uh, establish the run game, which is not an easy task against this Rams defense. Yeah, um, Donald's good at that too. Like, but. <laughs> Stop right. the run just as easy as but, the pass rush. But maybe uh, some screen passes, uh, some quick slants. Um, get the just under three seconds. Do not let Burrow, do not design plays that allows Burrow to just sit there in the pocket and get himself killed because that's what's going to happen. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you know, this Rams defense, we've we've dissected it, we've talked about it. You know, the secondary is just as good as the front four, yada, yada, yada. Um, the, the big question mark for me with the Rams, and, and it's been okay so far, and I think this might be, it's tough to say, uh, it's talented, it's its really hard to argue it, but it's close to being more talented, um, but Sean McVay and this Rams offense, 
you know, in 2018, when the Rams made the Super Bowl, Taylor, I mean, they were averaging 33 points a game. That, that I mean, that offense mm-hmm. was unbelievable. Yep. And they averaged 28 in the playoff games. Then they go into the Super Bowl. And if everybody remembers, it was probably the most boring <laughs> Super Bowl I think any of us have seen in a long, long time. They lost 13 to three. They couldn't even get a touchdown on the Patriots. Um, major letdown for the Rams. Now, the difference between Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff, I think, are astronomical. <laughs> so let me yeah. be clear about that now. Um, but this is still a Rams offense. Like, look, you have Cooper Cup, who, I mean, if Rodgers isn't the MVP, I think Cooper Cup is. Um, but I mean, you're 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 looking at what he's done this year. You have OBJ who looks rejuvenated. Cam Akers hasn't looked great since being back, but he's a big piece. You still have Sony Michelle there. Question <laughs> if Tyler Higby's going to be um able to go. He hasn't practiced mm-hmm. all week. Doesn't sound like he will be able to practice all week. Who knows if he's going to be able to play? But this is on Sean McVay. Like this is if if the Rams lose this game, like look, the Bengals are playing with house money. There is no pressure on the Bengals. You're looking at the Rams right now, and like you look at the future outlook of the Rams, which isn't great <laughs> considering <future? laughs> they yeah, exactly there is no future. By the way, they don't have a first round pick until 2024. So think about that. This is a Rams team that has drained all of its. I mean, they have gone full like Cleveland Cavaliers. They have mm-hmm. drained all of their assets. They have gone through every avenue to acquire talent via free agency, via trade, um, and to just stockpile a team to win now. You look at Matthew Stafford, he's no spring chicken, and he has years left, but what is a better time than what the opportunity presents itself now? You're, you're, in my opinion, the favorite in the Super Bowl. You're hosting the Super Bowl. You get to go through your home routine. You're in your home stadium. If you're not going to win the Super Bowl now under Sean McVay, when are you? Because let me tell you, two, three years down the line, this team is not going to be as good and it's starting, it's going to decline and you're not going to be able to replenish what you lose quick enough. And considering how the NFC picture looks right now and all the younger teams that are on the rise, like the Rams got to win now because you might not be back. Um, And I get like, there's still talent next year. They'll still be in the conversation next year. But we see in the NFL, it's a year-to-year league. What happens this year is not what's going to happen next year. It happens every single season. Look at the Buccaneers. Look what happened with injuries. The Rams are set up to win now, and I think all the pressure in the world is on them to do so. Yeah, I just pulled up because I was curious to see um, the Rams' contract situations. Like, when when are all these guys up? It's not good. Um, most of them are up in, you know, 2023, 2024, um, or 2025. None of them are expiring this year or next year. So yeah, their window, their, their window is easily, I mean, the next three, four years max. Like as soon as these guys, like you said, like when they leave, um, the guys like, you know, who knows what OBJ does? We don't, we're not sure if he's going to be staying long-term with them, but guys like Von Miller who are getting older, um, even Aaron Donald. I mean, he's not, he's not that old. He's, he's, he's getting up there. I think he's in his low thirties, so he, he should be fine. But um, guys like Cooper cup and, uh, and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and even Matt Stafford. I mean, he's locked up for the next couple of years, but still your window is now. And you sold your future beyond 2024 or up until 2024. Like you said, they don't have a first round pick even. So you're not getting any better 
in the next couple years, this is your team. This is your team, and your window is now. And like the you said, the Bengals, house money. They are a growing team. This was supposed to be a rebuild year for the Bengals. Yep. They were four and eleven last year, or four eleven and one. And the, the, this is oh, they were a god awful team last. They, yeah, they were god awful. No one thought that they would be here. This is this is a team that's growing, a team that doesn't have an offensive line. We already talked about it. They still have to improve their offensive line. They have weapons. They have the quarterback figured out. Their defense could get even better. The Rams. This is what you are. So this is your chance. And I do think that they're favored. And I think all the pressure in the world is on them. They're in front of their home stadium, which I don't know. I mean, Super Bowls are weird. I feel like because like, yeah, I mean, it's like you don't know who's going to be there. Like, Well, and and I've talked to people that have gone to the Super Bowls and and it's and it's changed um, even from the past like 10 years or so. And, And for years, and I'll just relate because we tried to go when the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, and, and mm-hmm. for years, my, my dad had always said, I don't care the cost. Like, if the Eagles, if the birds are in the Super Bowl, we're going. Mm-hmm. And when the athletes are $6,000, and and that's not even how you're getting there, um, you, you know, what, where you're staying, what you're eating, what are you, I mean, $6,000 just to watch the game. From the I mean, nosebleeds. I don't know about up, up in the nosebleeds. I don't know about you, but not many people even have $6,000 in their savings account, let alone to drop on. Uh, right. no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm glad you said it because I wasn't going to, but yes. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, no. Uh, um, that's not a thing. Um, but, I mean, that just kind of shows you the mindset. So, like, you, the typical diehard fan cannot afford to go to the Super Bowl, which sucks because – the atmosphere isn't as good. Now, when the Eagles made the Super Bowl, like that place was loud and there were a lot of diehard Eagles fans there that gave up a lot of their life savings to go to that game. Mm -hmm. But typically, and especially when it comes to a fan base like LA, no offense, LA, but you're not exactly the most diehard fans out there. You're a little wishy-washy. I expect that stadium to be packed with some orange though. I I guarantee you there's going to be Bengals fans through and through at that game. So I mean, they never won a, so I mean I Correct. feel like to, it, to say to a... say that it's in LA and they have home field advantage yes technically but it it's not going to help for the crowd what but what you mentioned earlier it'll help with their home routine they are going to be staying yeah. you know they're staying at their house like this week they don't have yeah. to go anywhere to travel they're, they're not stuck here. in a hotel they don't no, have to they you get know. to go home every day right. and 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 assuming right. they have uh, I just assume they had a home there and 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 they practice in their own stadium and their own own facilities and their own place they don't have to travel get in a plane and do whatever which is a big thing like the Bengals are gonna have to get on get on a plane and get, yeah, they get arrive to a hotel, uh, whatever we else. record we record on tuesday they arrive today yeah they arrive so, today so, so. so th- there's that i mean obviously it's not like they're flying in on the morning of like like they might for a, a regular season game but um but yeah no so it, it it's it, in that sense it'll make a difference but i agree with you that the crowd i don't think will really matter all too much in terms of i don't think that they're gonna make like so much noise that the Bengals can't operate on offense or anything like that um but yeah i i think it'll be a good game i hope it'll be a good game i really hope that talking all about the Bengals offensive line i really hope that they can at least hold up and give burrow enough time to put some points on the board because i don't want to watch another super bowl like last year where it was just I don't want it to be just Joe Burrow running for his life while Aaron Donald just kills him every play. 
Um, so I really hope that at least they're able to keep up with the Rams. I mean, hell, they might win. Who knows? I mean, we didn't think the Bengals would even be here, so maybe they pull it together. And I do think the offensive line has been playing slightly better as of late. I mean, obviously, two rounds ago, it did played pretty poorly, but against the Kansas City, they were able to do enough and give Burrow enough time to at least get out of the way. If if it like, it's not like he was getting sacked or getting pressured to like within a second of the uh, of the that ball being snapped. I mean, they're giving enough lanes to run if he needs to rush um, and get throws in. So um, I'm hoping it'll be close. Um, yeah, and, and speaking of close, if I, I knew you mentioned that we're gonna do our best bets, I do like the spread on the Bengals. I I honestly, I mean, the way that they've been playing, the way these games in the last couple of weeks have been going, I think that a plus four is is generous to the Bengals. I mean, I, I know some people think that they're just going to get blown out, and I think that that's a possibility, but I think the Bengals are as scrappy of a team as any, and so I think they find a way to stay in that game. So I do like the plus four spread uh, for the Bengals. I, I would hammer that. So, I mean, you got you got me right into it, really. Um, we are going to do best bets. Before we give our predictions, let's do our bets, and then we'll do our game mm-hmm. predictions um when you speak of the spread and i was telling you this uh off air but before the conference championship games the morning of i looked at fandle and i saw the bengals were plus 850 i'm like okay i kind of like the bengals going in to begin with going into that game i just had a feeling i was like they something's going on with this bengals team like they they are just on one hell of a ride feeling themselves yeah so i put and i've been doing pretty damn well lately if i don't say so myself on fandle so i have some money to play with put a hundred dollars on the bengals money line that morning so i'm riding plus 850 hundred (laughs) dollars into this super bowl so i am a i will buy a joe burrow jersey just because (laughs) if if joe if joey b and the cincinnati Bengals go and win this game for me i am i'm praying to god my other buddy has did rams um they were like plus seven something at the beginning of the year right before the matthew stafford trade Mm-hmm. He went and put money down on the Rams to win the Super Bowl all the way back. So wow. me and him are kind of like going at it. But uh, let's look at some of these bets. Um, there's a lot to like here. There's a lot to like. If you are looking at just trying to find something easy to win money, anytime touchdown score. I love Taylor. I love these anytime touchdown scores. And now these odds might change by the time you place them, or even if you hear them, they they fluctuate throughout the week. Um, you look at an anytime touchdown scorer, Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow. Now, when, what that means is it's not them throwing a touchdown pass. It's them running into the end zone. None of the, neither of these guys are dual threat quarterbacks. It only takes a two yard touchdown scramble here to cash out as a winner. Multiple sports books have these guys at plus 500 or more to score a touchdown. I'm looking, I mean, Burrow is hovering around the five, five fifty range because he's a little more mobile. While Stafford range stretches from like five fifty, and I've seen him up to plus 900, depending where you look. Mm-hmm. 
Burrow only ran for two touchdowns this year and hasn't done so since the first week of November. But where I'm getting at with this, Stafford didn't score a rushing touchdown in the regular season. He already has two in the playoffs this year. He's had two goal line sneaks. And, you know, because Cam Akers hasn't been so effective as they would have liked. Sony Michelle's not really that goal line guy either. They have been throwing, and by the way, the Matthew Stafford over on rushing yards has been money in the playoffs as well. Keep in mind that, like, this is one of those things you're going to get a weird touchdown here and there. I like Matthew Stafford anytime touchdown score. Yeah, I mean, at plus eight hundred, you can't you can't really go wrong with no. that. I mean, I mean, you don't even have to put a ton down. In order for that to be and I mean, wins eighty for it, those people that just want to visualize, yeah, and and it it does seem like they're getting into the red zone and then they're trying to get Cam Akers in, which scares he just me. Can't. He just which can't. Was, it, I know it would it would scare me putting that money down because of that because they're, they're trying to get Akers in, but then he ends up getting stood up at like the one, and then they do mm-hmm. the the sneak. They do the quarterback which, sneak. You know, it is what it is. Um, for me. Uh, I don't want to, <laughs> I have a problem with any time touchdown scoring. Uh, really? Bet. Oh, those no, are my favorite bets. The, 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 pro- the problem is I like them for me because I feel like every time I do it, it literally jinxes the player to not score a touchdown at all. I did jump uh, Jamar chase the first two weekends, um, on uh, the, the wild card and the divisional round. I was like, chase chase is gonna score there's no way he's not because i mean he's he's the guy like they're gonna get him they're gonna find a way to score with him didn't score either of those games didn't bet on him in the the conference championship because i was like fuck that i'm not doing it again i'm not losing money throwing away my money he scores a touchdown and i'm so i'm like what the hell but um i haven't looked too much there's a there's a lot in there, terms like, of, uh, like if you there's, go, there's so on, much. If you go on to FanDuel, like you could spend hours looking at all the bets because there's just so the much. I mean, Bowl, yeah. I mean, there uh, the Super Bowl bets are endless. I'm just giving you a lot of people general ideas. I, I'm not saying do it. I'm not saying don't. But I'm kind of looking at some of these things that have value and, and what you could put together for a chance to win some good cash. Like it's easy to say Joe Mixon touchdown. But that's, but that's what, plus 130? Like, you're going to win money, but you're not going to win that much money. You're going to have to parlay that with something. When so, you're looking at value, thank you, Otis, yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, plus 800 for Matthew Stafford touchdown? I mean, why not? Yeah. I mean, I'm in the same vein. I mean, so, you just said why not. but you know. So what I also like to do, because I think it's fun, especially if you're in a group of people and they like to bet – um, and I think I'm go- doing this with, with my friends that we're, I'm going to watch the Super Bowl with, because I think that it, it's so much fun to root for the first touchdown score. I think it is a fun bet to make. And because it's so hard to predict, you get high numbers in terms of odds. So, I mean, just to look at Jamar Chase is plus 800 for the first touchdown score. Cups plus 500. Even, even cup is plus 500. And I think I'm going to go with Cup because Cup has scored, I think, the first touchdown for the, the – I know he did it last week. Not sure if he did it the week before off the top of my head. Um, it was Higby the week before. Yeah, Higby. And and that would have been – you know, because Higby – let me pull him up. I mean, 
No, well, Higby's going to be hurt. Oh, yeah, Higby, Higby's hurt. I'm not touching Higby. I'm not touching Higby. I don't even think – yeah, okay, he's plus 1,500. But even even Cooper Cup at plus 490, I mean, I think he has as good a chance as any to get the first Mm -hmm. touchdown because Cooper Cup is far and away the favorite – between these two, even Jamar Chase, he – like – Jamar Chase isn't as much of a favorite target as Cooper Cup is with Matthew Stafford. Like, he is a sure bet. And, in fact, I'm building a parlay. I already built a parlay. And I'm putting up Cooper Cup, like, 70-plus yards. He's almost guaranteed that. Cooper Cup, touchdown, anytime touchdown. I think he's almost guaranteed that. Now, those ones are – you're going to have to put them together in a parlay because they're not highly likely at all. I mean, they're highly likely, so the odds are really low. So that's why you build it into a parlay and you can make some money off of it. Um, that's why I wouldn't do a straight up like Cooper cup anytime touchdown. Cause he's what, like minus minus one twenty or something like that. Um, as of right now, but for first time touchdown score plus four ninety, I think that that's a value right there because I, I really think that he has a high, as high a chance as anyone else. He has the highest chance, but it's still at plus four ninety that, that you don't have to put much down. I mean, 10 bucks gets you what? 49 bucks. Yeah. You put 25 so- down, you get 122. Bottom line is there's a lot to look at when it when it comes to the Super Bowl and what you can bet. And and you really just have to look at it. What can you parlay together that makes sense? I mean, obviously you want to throw some safe things in there, but you really want to look at something that you know has a lot of high odds that maybe might hit. I mean, you look at like maybe parlaying a cup and chase over like 125 yards receiving. I mean, that's gonna requ- I mean, that requires them to basically go absolutely bonkers but the ability is there we've seen that happen before um and and that's been ranging between plus 900 and plus damn near 1300 so there's value there for that and i Um, and i i'll tell you what the i'll tell you the parlay that i have i've i've cooper cup anytime touchdown score which i think is a almost a lock um cooper cup plus uh 70 plus yards again i feel like it's almost a lock jamar chase 60 plus yards which again like even if they don't get touchdowns, I think these guys are these guys are the guys who get the throws. Like they get the yardage. They don't always get into the end zone, especially Chase, because like I said, like I I bet on them those the past two weeks. But obviously, when it gets closer to the end zone, the def- it gets harder to score, and the defense is going to be keyed in on Jamar Chase because obviously he is the number one receiver on that team. Um, I put so I put Jamar Chase over sixty yards, Matt Stafford over at two eighty one, which is high, but I mean. You know they're gonna move the ball, and Stafford's gonna throw. I think it's he can easily get to three hundred yards. Even um, the the over was at two eighty one, so that's why I put the over at. But even if you wanted to do a three hundred plus, I think that that's a safe bet. And then I ended off with the the the, the Bengals spread plus four because I, I already talked about this earlier yeah. when we were talking. I, I love the Bengals at plus four, and I put you know thirty down, and that's gonna pay out two thirty six. So you know. Just find your right. value. That's, that's plus six eighty seven. Yeah. You just you just have to be smart with it and and make sure you're you're putting things together with chances of happening. I mean, I, I would I would really look into parlaying a couple things, maybe taking some things straight up as well. Um, prediction time, Taylor. I mean, obviously <laughs> we've we've broken this down now for damn near forty minutes. Um, we might as well put our stake to claim to it. Uh, I'll let you go first. Now I know who you had as your NFC representative. They made it to the Super Bowl. Now they play the Bengals. Um, I kind of sense with the way you've been talking that you think it's going to be a close game. Can the Bengals pull it out? Can they? 
Yes. <laughs> Will they? Will they? No. I don't think so. I really don't. I mean, I mean, I can't put it past Joe Burrow to to not be able, like because he's just been that guy, and and th- this team has been that team where they've been that Cinderella where they've they've got, got sacked nine times, still won the game, played the. I thought the best team in the league at the time, Kansas City, still won the game. Um, so I, I, and they came back from down eighteen against Kansas City. Like that's grit right there, and that that is that is a special kind of team. If you're able to come back against that right. team down eighteen, there was a point where we were watching that AFC Championship game, being like, "Well, that was a fun ride." Exactly, exactly. When it was twenty-one to three, and we were like, "Well, yeah, this is this is kind of how it goes." Like we no, we thought that, that Kansas tracks. City. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, and I was, I was, I was sitting there, and I was like, all right, well, yeah, you, you, you had a fun ride, Bengals fans, but sorry, the buck stops here. But then they crawled their way back in, and and from there on, it's like you can't really put this team past anything. But that all that being said, the team on the other side is also uh, tough, tough. Uh, they they survived a Tom Brady comeback. Um, they are able to go out there and, and win a game against a team that had beaten them, I think, six straight times uh, in the 49ers. Um, and even that game was close as well. Again, um, they were able to tough it out. So it's not like the Rams have been cake had a cakewalk to get here. They, they've faced hard challenges as well on the other side. So I also believe in them. And I believe just the depth of talent on the Rams is deeper than the depth of talent on the Bengals. And so all signs point to the Rams winning this game. Um, so I'm gonna go Rams. And if you want to give me a, if you want me to give a score, I'm gonna go Rams thirty, Bengals twenty-seven. Close in that spread, Bengals would cover. I, I think that's that's what we're looking at. I think the I pass rush just does it. I hear all that you're saying. I do, and, <laughs> and I may agree with you. I may. But you're riding with the team you put money on. But I'm not. I am – look, I love an underdog story. I do. From – I mean, this team reminds me so much of that Eagles team that won the Super Bowl. Oh, this is the week they're not going to do it. Ah, this is the week it ends. Ah, they don't have a chance against the the clear favorites in the Super Bowl. There's something about this Bengals team that they are playing so confident. And, and they they believe in themselves, and Joe Burrow is taking that step to becoming an elite quarterback in the NFL. Where I think the Rams, like, do they feel the pressure? Yeah, they do. Um, I just I, there's something about this Bengals team that I like. Plus the you know the hundred dollars that I have on them it goes a long way as well. Um, but I'm gonna go with the Bengals. I, I really am. I really am. And and you know what? Joe Burrow is gonna win the MVP. Because he's going to go absolutely off on this Rams defense. There, I mean, they're going to blitz. They're going to leave the secondary high and dry. Jamar Chase is going to make Jalen Ramsey look like you know Namdi Asamoah out there, and it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great game. Um, it's going to be very close. And, and my my gut is telling me that this is stupid, but I'm going to go with the Bengals, and, and I do believe it's going to be on the high scoring side as well. I'm going to go thirty four to 30 Bengals. So I, I I'm going with the Bengals in a high scoring game. I think it's going to come down to the final drive with Matthew Stafford having to heave something to the end zone and mm-hmm. it's just going to drop. It's going to drop to the ground. Um, But I, I mean, 
this is going to be a very good game. I'm excited for it, and I'm really looking forward to uh, obviously seeing a team that hasn't won a Super Bowl. I, I like, and I was talking to one of my buddies, like, how can you root against the Bengals right now? Like, how could you be? How could you be upset if the Bengals win the Super Bowl? You just can't. I mean, the no. Joe Burrow has won the hearts of many, um, and this this Bengals team has been very fun to watch this entire postseason. Yeah, and, and yeah, I'm not rooting against the Bengals at all. Um, no, fact, I mean you're like because yeah. I'm I'm betting with their spread. So if they win the game, then that's obviously covering the spread. So I'm good with that. Um, and I I just I think that the Rams will win. If you're asking me who I think will win, but yeah, I I think it would be cool. I, I think I like Joe Burrow. I mean, who doesn't like Joe Burrow? He he's he's. He's fucking Alabama cool. fans. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> but but I mean, you know, like in high school or in uh, college, he orchestrated one of, if not the greatest, quarterback season ever. And like he was cool then. He's coming to the NFL second year after shattering his knee, and he, you know, comeback player of the year, basically come back and and lead his team to uh, the Super Bowl. And he, he seems like he's the next coming of, you know, one of those great quarterbacks. And I think we're going to see him for many, many years doing this, this damn thing is especially once his team gets even better around him. I don't think he should have brought this team to the Super Bowl, but here, here he did. And Otis, we missed you. How, how we missed you. If anyone wants to go on YouTube and see Otis in his Philly Jersey, it's, it's quite cute. Sixers play the Suns tonight, baby. Of course, (laughs) of course we're in our Philly gear, but, uh, yeah, we'll we'll obviously talk about the Super Bowl next week when it comes to it. Uh, it's going to be a great game. Get those bets in and obviously enjoy the Super Bowl weekend. Uh, before we get to basketball, because we do want to talk some basketball before we head on out of here because it's the NBA trade de- deadline week. I do want to remind our listeners that we are sponsored by Mohawk Honda and it is a new year and we have new goals, right? Start your new year right behind the wheel of a new or pre-owned vehicle that fits your budget and your new year's resolution. Stop into Mohawk Honda and check out their broad selection of pre-owned inventory. They are there to find the right make model and price point to fit your budget. Their goal is to help you meet your goals. Let Louis, the VIP man, Morales, Jake, hot sauce, Doyle cars with Kern Sabota or Mark from Clifton park, Ellis jr connect you up with the perfect deal and right now is the perfect time to get top dollar for your trade in with the kelly blue book instant cash offer same day check in your hand the day you trade in your vehicle just ask for brian buy with b mac mckenna mike bennis nicole oser or cam let's do a deal mckenna again all of their sales and leasing consultants will make your new year's automotive goals their top priority start the new year right with just the right deal at Mohawk Honda in Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please you. What's so funny over there? Nothing. nothing what's, so, what's so funny over there? Stop making me laugh during reads. <laughs> Stop yourself. <laughs> Stop yourself right now. Oh, you're right. professional. You got this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm real professional. <laughs> Oh God! Well, it's the NBA tread deadline. The tre- tread, tread, okay. tread. It's a tread deadline. <laughs> yeah, get her done. Um, trade deadline, Taylor. Uh, we've already has about 
I'd I'd label them as three blockbusters at this point in time. What's the Uh, third one? I know the first two that you Levert McCollum. Oh yeah, Levert. Yep, I forgot Levert. And obviously, whatever the the Canes think is a good. That one doesn't move the needle for me, but that's fine. We'll, we'll we'll get to it. Um, and then obviously we have one in the future. Let's talk about what <laughs> happened with the Cleveland Cavaliers first acquiring Karis LeVert in a trade uh, that happened Sunday. They made a significant addition to one of the most promising young rosters in the Eastern Conference, in my opinion. And going to the Cavs in exchange for the uh, 2022 second round pick via Miami, uh, Ricky Rubio's expiring contract and a lottery protected 2022 first two additional second round picks. Uh, the Pacers really just trying to unload their town at this point. They see the writing on the wall this season as they should uh, major roster makeover. Uh, obviously we'll get to some bonus here in a second, um, but this is a team that, you know, when you look at Cleveland and what Karis LeVert is joining, I mean, he's now joining Jared Allen with the Cavs and, and all of a sudden like the Cavs, are major winners in that James Harden deal, uh, mm-hmm. getting both now Jared Allen and Karis LeVert, and they're one of the top teams in the East. Um, at 33 and 21, they are a game behind the now the Eastern Conference. There's about five teams just a game and a half within each other uh, the Heat, the Bulls, the Sixers, um, the Cavs, and the Bucks. I mean, they're all jam smacked in the middle there. Um, but this is a Cavs team adding Levert fits well with, you, you know, all-star guard Darius Garland, who's having an unbelievable season. Um, you have rookie of the year favorite, in my opinion, and Evan Mobley, Jared Allen as well. Um, obviously Levert enters a final year of his contract, but Cleveland clearly here to stay. Yeah. And I feel like an idiot because well that no i shouldn't feel like well you are (laughs) you're fucking mouth um (laughs) not not an idiot i i feel regretful that fanduel and DraftKings and all these couldn't get their mobile uh apps legal and up and running in new york and i didn't have another like bookie site or whatever whatever illegal way when you were in new york illegal um way to do it uh to place bets so I couldn't place a bet, but earlier in the year, like the beginning of the year, the Cleveland was like plus 1500 to make the playoffs. And I really, really wish I could have just put money down on that because it seemed wow. like a way too high a number at the time. And now it's locked up. You can't, you can't bet on that anymore. Um, and even if it was, they'd probably they probably like would minus be 800. They, Exactly. Exactly. They were literally plus 1500. And I was like, damn, I really wish I could put it down because I think that Cleveland's going to make the playoffs. And I mean, lo and behold, yeah, they're, they're one of the best teams in the Eastern conference. I mean, do I think they're going to do anything when they get there? Probably not this year. They're, they're still growing. I mean, they're they're a young building team. Garland is just moving to himself. And I mean, the addition of Karis LeVert is, is really significant. Cause I do think I do like LeVert a lot. He's a, he's a guy who can uh, handle the ball. He can score, he can pass, he can play a little bit of defense, not the greatest defender in the world, but uh, he adds a lot to the team. And when you have Jared Allen on the back end for your defense, you don't necessarily even need him to do that because you know, you have the back end defender, the Rudy Gobert type, the Embiid type to help you on the back end. And he makes up for a lot of mistakes. So 
yeah, you're adding more offense to an already potent offense. And so, yeah, I think this is a great trade for them. I think of the trade, the three trades that we've, uh, we're about to discuss that we're in the process of discussing. I think this one is the most significant. For me. I, I, I tend to agree at least when it comes to terms of playoff implications, um, yeah. especially with a, a talent like Karis LeVert, because the next couple of teams that we're talking about aren't really contenders at this point. Exactly. In time. Exactly. Um, so let's get to the next one, which would be uh, what New Orleans and Portland did earlier in the week when it comes to CJ McCollum. Uh, I should say earlier in the I I'm saying earlier in the week because by the time you hear this, but yeah, I'm gonna happen today. Um, today, yeah. The Pelicans receive CJ McCollum, which obviously is huge for them. Uh, at least future-wise, but Portland sure did get a lot for it. Uh, Josh Hart, Thomas Zetransky, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Didi Luzada, a 2022 protected first-round pick, which they're not likely going to get if you really look into it, and then two second-round picks as well. Now, I, I mean, this is an interesting trade. It has big names like C.J. McCollum. I, I consider Josh Hart a somewhat big name. Um, Not huge, but but big. At 21 and 32, half game ahead of Portland in the NBA West Conference standings, the Pelicans were aggressive at the deadline while the Blazers are kind of conventionally trained away veteran players in the name of flexibility, draft picks, prospects. And now you're looking at Portland at the end of the year, like, okay, McCollum's gone. What's happening with Dame Lillard? Uh, the, those those you know red flags are starting to wave for me there. But when you're looking at New Orleans um, under contract for the next two years, McCollum could probably help the Pelicans be more competitive whenever Zion returns to the court. <laughs> maybe, maybe if ever, if, if he ever. Does. Um, you know, I, maybe at this point. I mean, I I can't imagine how New Orleans feels picking Zion over Ja at this point. Um, yeah. they probably have to be sick to their stomach, but adding McCall still to me, like McCollum, the name, like, yeah, this is a big deal, but at age 30, he doesn't exactly square with new Orleans building. Like he's not what, like when you think of where new Orleans is at as a franchise, McCollum to me, doesn't make sense. He makes as much sense for Portland as he does new Orleans and Portland <clears> just <throat> traded him to new Orleans. If you get my drift, like Zion's 21. Yeah. Brandon Ingram's 24. Those are your two guys long-term. And under contract for 33.3 and $35.8 million the last two years of his deal, like McCollum's pushing the Pelicans close enough to the luxury tax to limit their flexibility for what? Like, he's not a difference maker. He's a good supporting cast member. Like, I think McCollum would be good on a team like, I don't know, the, the Sixers maybe? Um, Daryl Morey. Um, but, um, you got bigger fish to fry. Hopefully. I got bigger fish to fry. We're going to get to that here in a second. Um, but, like, it just – why? <clears throat> like, if I'm New Orleans, why? I I can see where they're coming from. The thing is, it, it doesn't make sense when Zion is not playing. If Zion's not playing and you're just, you're just coasting wherever you are – down they're in 10th spot right now so they're in the play-in tournament so i mean you you can taste the playoffs Both them and they're, they're like a half game separated from each other yeah in they, the are. Standings. they are yeah the, they're one 
game up in the loss column on Portland. I'm looking at the standings right now. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, they're one game up from Portland uh, in that. Portland is a whole separate thing. I don't, like, I don't understand Portland because it seems like they're still trying to build around Dame, but they've tried for so long, and you, they always talk about, oh, we're trying to get big names. You're not going to get big names to go to Portland. You just it just – you're just not. You haven't. You're just not. You haven't. You haven't. You're not going to. I know the allure of playing with Dame, maybe a little bit, but like the rest of it, just like you're not going to get these big name free agents. Not that there even is very big name free agents. We've talked about this. There's not many that are that are coming around in the next couple of years. I mean, Harden, if he decides to not resign, maybe he's one that you can talk about. But he's not going to play in Portland, especially because no. Dame and him play the same position. My so my guess is either Harden. Harden's going to be in two uniforms, one of two uniforms next year. Brooklyn, because he'll either resign if they go and win the championship and he stays, or Philly, because that's clearly where he's interested in going. It's just a matter of if it's going to be now or if it's going to be in the offseason. Right, You're not so- getting Portland to yeah. go get Harden, is your point. Exactly. And, and like, it's just like, and so I just think that they're just spinning their wheels with Dame. And I know that Dame right. wants to stay loyal. And I, I get that. And I understand that. We've had I this conversation it. for we so have, long. It's just like. Where I just think Dame needs to just be like, okay, you're you're not going to win in Portland. The closest needs... you got, you got swept by Golden State. Like in the conference championship. You, you're just. <sighs> he needs I, to I, cement his legacy and go get himself a ring. I think he could be doing so much more and competing for so much more and playing more meaningful games than he does in Portland half the time. <laughs> he, they made the playoffs, but they don't make it very far. And so I I don't know what Portland's doing. So that's a whole separate thing. But as for New Orleans, if 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 Zion was playing, then I think that this is a great move because he's McCollum is a good scorer. He can he he's putting up twenty a game. He can really like he, he when he when he plays he he can score. And that's going to help Ingram and and Zion when Zion's playing. But if Zion's not playing, and then you're just hampering yourself financially by bringing McCollum in, I know it's only it's only for two years, so it's not like the worst thing in the world. And maybe you're hoping Zion comes back eventually at some point, and maybe can play for more than ten games before he gets injured again. Um, but I just I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of with you, but I I see it as well it's just with zion not playing i feel like at this point you just need to stay flexible and like cut your losses on like seasons like this where you're you're i mean limping maybe into the play-in game where you're gonna play minnesota or maybe the clippers or even la if la moves up a bit and then congratulations you get a date with uh golden state (laughs) yeah yeah exactly or phoenix like yeah. <laughs> you're going to lose. Like if you don't have Zion, you're going to lose. Like he is, you're going to lose even if you have Zion. Have. Well, <laughs> yes, but like you, you, you don't have a chance without Zion with Zion. Maybe you have a chance if he plays up to his potential. I mean, his potential is astronomical. So it, it, the potential is still there for Zion. He just has to figure out his, his diet, his work. I don't know what, like he needs to get a, something to, to where he's physically ready to play. And then he can be a guy. He can be an all-time great. Like he has that. The, his ceiling is so high. It's just right now he's not living up to it. And Ja, Ja is living up to his ceiling. Like Ja is, ja is well exceeded for his, his ceiling. ceiling. Yeah, he's, he's well exceeded that ceiling. So, so yeah. Obviously, I think in hindsight, maybe they would they would pick Ja. But also, I, I I'm not convinced that they would just because 
like I just said, like Z- uh, Zion's ceiling is really high. If he actually is that, that was <laughs> <so nice. laughs> yeah, I he think everyone's going to be- gonna hear that because I can hear. <laughs> 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 um, uh, but yeah, so I don't know if they would pick Ja, but I mean, based off this season, yeah, definitely pick Ja. But uh, Zion still, to me, has the potential to be as great as him and be a t- kid to be a top five guy. But I don't know, man, uh, this one, this trade doesn't really move the needle for me. I, I think it's a decent pull for new Orleans, but without Zion, they're never going to go anywhere. And that leads us to the third trade that we have <laughs> uh, cemented so far, which um, Sacramento, I mean, what are you doing? Um, they just shipped off Tyrese Halliburton, buddy healed and Tristan Thompson for, Demontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and a 2027 20, second round pick. Like, this is why the Kings are the Kings. This is why, I, I, I mean, you have a player at 21 years old in Tyrese Halliburton who is clearly emerging himself as a very good budding star, in my opinion. Now, is Sabonis good? Yes. Demontis Sabonis is a very good player, and at 25 years old, he's only going to get better. But mm-hmm. when I'm looking at what the Kings are trying to do, which I, I guess none of us, <laughs> what are they none trying of to us do? know what they're <laughs> trying to do. Uh, there's a reason you're in a 15-year playoff drought. Um, this, j- j- this just isn't – I mean, we knew Buddy Heald was going to go. We just didn't know where, and I, I think we all figured he was going to go to a contender. Joke's on us, I guess. Um, but there's fit issues across the board here, and, and there's just a lot of question marks. Um, when in the short term, Sacramento would probably be better off. Just, I I, I don't know. Like (laughs) this just (laughs) is mind blowing to me. Well, who's absolutely mind blowing to me. Like who's supposed to be your best player on, on the Kings. The guy you spent a number two pick, was it number two or number one that they picked? It was two, right? Bagley. Yeah. Yeah. So he's supposed to be like. He, he's not, I, I wouldn't think, I mean, Demonte Sabonis is probably their best player now. Uh, I mean, Darren Fox is up there, but and I, it was, I, mean, I, I think, I think Fox is still their best player. Yeah. I, I would, I would say Fox is their best know. player. I think I, I he's like very, Sabonis I think he's very, I mean, I like Sabonis. I think Fox is very underrated. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think enough people appreciate what he does and not many people put him on the microscope because he plays for Sacramento. One, you're not mm-hmm. staying up late to watch Sacramento and two, he's on Sacramento. So you just don't know. Um, Fox is a nice player. And I thought him and Halliburton were two really good pieces to build around. I guess I was wrong there. See, the thing is, I think moving Bagley was the move. Like, I know that he doesn't have as much value and you're not going to get back. You're not going to get back Devontae Sponis for him. But right. like, moving Bagley is the move you don't you don't get rid of Halliburton because he's like you said like he's good already he's 21 years old he's going to get better and him and Fox are a good like uh tandem to work with and build around I think you you somehow move off of Bagley and and cut your losses and maybe get more picks or like you know get picks even back end picks like second third round I don't know if you can get a second even for Bagley but um but getting picks I think would be the the smarter move because you're you're in a depths of a hell rebuild that's been going on for like 20 years king so i mean i mean it this one doesn't move the needle for me at all on the flip side for for indianapolis i mean yeah no this is big for indianapolis one it's not out of the question that healed could be moved again um Mm -hmm. that that's not been ruled out but because halliburton and healed have almost the same combined cap 
for next season as Sabonis and Holiday. Any Indiana is projected to be in the neighborhood of about $19 million in cap space to use this summer. And that's enough to put the Pacers in strong, posi- strong position with not many other teams able to do so to kind of have some flexibility to see what you could do this offseason. Um, obviously, it's not about now for the for the Pacers, but Halliburton and Malcolm Brogdon should fit well in a backcourt that, that you know, will be very underrated there. Both are capable of playing off the ball. Um, I mean, you now have Buddy Heald if he stays. Uh, you have your lottery rookie and Chris Duarte. And you know what? You're going to get TJ Warren back too at some mm-hmm. point. So, I mean, this is a Pacers team that next year, depending on what they do in the offseason, you get some pieces. I'm not saying you're going to be one of the top echelon teams in the East, but you're going to be competing. You'll be you'll be in the playoff hunt for sure. Yeah, exactly. And, I, I, I mean, I, just just getting Halliburton alone – Oh, I, 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 I was sick to my stomach when I heard that the Kings were out in talks for Ben Simmons because, you know, he, they wanted more than Halliburton and, and Buddy. He, I'm like, give me a break, Daryl Morey. I mean, I would have loved Halliburton on this Sixers team. Loved yeah, exactly. him on this Sixers exactly. team. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think, well, we'll get to Daryl Morey in a second, but, uh, um, yes, we yeah, will. I, I do think that, uh, that it, just getting Halliburton is a, is just a massive win for the Pacers because you have a, a young guy that you can pair, like you said, with Malcolm Brogdon, and you can they can grow together. Um, and really, you know, you have something of of, of a start. Your rebuild is not completely. Um, well, they're not one lost. of these teams that are complete. Right, they're not completely lost. You don't you don't have any of these players like you have no idea if they're part of the future or not like you at least have those two guys that you can say okay we can build something around these two you're not like you know a, a team like I, I mean hell i'd even throw the knicks in there who thought they had a core they don't really have a core and you don't really know what direction you're going in. like there's a dare like i like the pacers future more than the knicks right now i mean that's just what it is like they have nice i mean what the pacers were able to bring in is more, I mean, let I mean, forget any of the prospects the Knicks have. Halliburton's more exciting than anybody that the Knicks have on their roster. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I could say that. I could, I, I, I could concede that to you. Um, I mean, Barrett, Barrett's coming along, but Barrett's like, coming along, but he's but, still inconsistent. And you can't, you can't look at a guy who is who's 21 who's doing what, he, what Halliburton's doing and then look at you know Barrett who's, like, Barrett who's slowly and surely maybe developing into something that might be useful like maybe like he's we don't he's know take, yet maybe he's taken so long to get even to where he is now and he's not like you know a killer guy but you know I I I think it was a good move for the Pacers don't know what the Kings are doing but let's be honest no one knows what the Kings are doing ever no, so no, no. The Kings will almost never, ever, ever be good. They got lucky in the early 2000s, and that's that's about as far as they're probably going to go. Unless they they win the lottery and they get someone great in the draft, like high pick. I mean, other than that, maybe you can tank to get Bronny James, whatever he <laughs> declares for the draft, and then LeBron will join. Yeah, there you go. He's a contender. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Um one last thing before we head on out of here. Obviously, there are still some dominoes to fall. And one of those dominoes to potentially fall 
is James Harden. And James Harden and obviously on the Sixers side with Ben Simmons have been linked together uh, these past couple of days. And it seems like it's all coming to a head as we head to Thursday. Um, There has been talks that the Sixers and Nets are in discussions. There's been potential links to a four-team deal that the Thunder have been in on. Um, The Pacers have been in on as well. Um, when it comes to moving some pieces around that will eventually land Ben Simmons in Brooklyn and James Harden to the Sixers. I mean, the Sixers' desire to land Harden has been realized for a long, long time now, and the connection with Daryl Morey is not a secret. And, I mean, to this day, the Sixers haven't landed a star via trade that they have been hoping for. Ben Simmons wants out. We all know this. He's requested a trade back in June. He hasn't played all year. He uh, has been the biggest coward I think I've ever seen in the history of Philadelphia sports. Um, (laughs) But this is all coming to a head. And at this point, the Nets have to look at themselves who are currently in the play-in tournament as the nine seed looking at what they have done, looking at what they might potentially be giving up at season's end with Harden potentially wanting out of Brooklyn, they can say all the right things. You know, Steve Nash can sit there in front of the podium and say, no, you know, we're not trading Harden. Harden wants to be here, blah, 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 blah. But the bottom line is it sounds like he is gone unless the Nets win a championship this year, meaning that this big three has been a complete and utter disaster. I mean, they've played a handful of games together this entire time. Um, and you're looking at what the Sixers are doing right now. One of the top three teams in the Eastern conference, they have Joel Embiid as the clear, in my opinion, clear favorite to win the MVP this year. I mean, what he has been doing this year has been unbelievable, um, leading this team to what he's done. Um, it's between him and Jokic in my opinion, but yeah, I think Embiid's a front runner right now. I mean, to consider that their second best player, supposedly, has not played a single game this year, and the Sixers is still one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. I mean, you pair James Harden with Joel Embiid, it's game over for the Eastern Conference. I don't care what you say, it's game over. Um, this is a deal that I'm that I think a lot of Sixers fans are hoping for. I'm hoping for Nets fans are praying doesn't happen but the Nets are banking on the idea that they turn things around and convince Harden to stay. Therefore, they're hesitant to discuss the deal with the Sixers to swap Simmons and Harden before Thursday's trade deadline. However, the Sixers, according to Sam Amick of The Athletic, and I trust The Athletic, I really, really do, um, him and Shams are good. Sixers seem confident that Harden's days in Brooklyn are numbered, and if it doesn't happen at this trade deadline, this offseason, James Harden is expected to not resign there and go to Philadelphia. Well, the Sixers are certainly trying everything that they can to get this trade done. Oh God, just get Thursday. me a bag of basketballs for Ben at this point. I'm done, man. Because I'm done. you can Strong. see the report that came in. I think it was today when when it was like the Sixers are hoping that Brooklyn sees the light and sees that Harden will not resign and trades them away. Which I don't. I see both sides because I see that um, you know. For it, it, it does look like James Harden is not happy in Brooklyn. And why would he be when you've got Kyrie? Can't even play his home playing. games. Durant's yeah. out. 
playing it's out. Not, I don't, yeah. You can't you can't blame Durant being out. I mean, obviously he has his injury injury no, history, you can't, but you can't but when he comes him. back, he's he's you know a top three MVP candidate possibly. Like Durant is not the problem. Durant being injured, I don't think is a huge problem. He he doesn't want to be carrying it. I think the real sticking point it has to be Kyrie because Kyrie can play. Kyrie's not injured. Kyrie just needs to get a vaccine and then he can play in every game and take some pressure off of Harden. I think it's really just Kyrie just being a stick in the mud that's really and a pain in the ass for Harden. It's like Harden's out here busting his ass every day to play these games and and Kyrie gets a night off every home game. And it's like it's ridiculous. And if I'm Harden, I'm pissed at Kyrie. I'm like, bruh, just get the vaccine. You're gonna be fine. Like billions of people have gotten this vaccine, and most of them are fine. Like, maybe it has some side effects here and there, but come on, man. Just get it. Just play. Let's go. Let's win a championship. Why are you here? Why did you get me into this mess if you were just going to leave me high and dry? And if I'm hardened, I'm pissed. And I totally agree with him wanting to leave if if, if this continues like this. Now, we don't know where all the mandates and crap are going to go. Like, maybe at some point they lift them and, and Kyrie can play like normal. That might happen. Maybe Kyrie will at some point get the vaccine i don't think he will at this point because he's had plenty of opportunity and he hasn't budged um which i think is ridiculous but and durant will come back and when durant comes back it'll be better for harden and he'll he'll feel a little bit better because you know harden takes a or durant takes an immense amount of pressure off of harden and they'll start winning again of course they'll i don't know what durant's status is and i don't know if he'll come back with enough time for them to salvage being out of the the plan, maybe depends on how far this skid goes and when Durant can come back. Um, but I understand where Harden's coming from and I get where Brooklyn doesn't want to trade him because you don't want to pull the trigger on something that you don't know for sure. He's going to leave. Like it's, it's rumored heavily rumored that he's going to leave, especially if they don't win a championship, but if Durant's healthy, if Kyrie can play at least some of the games in the playoffs, they have as good a chance as anyone. If they're all healthy and playing, they have as good a chance of anyone to win a championship. So I oh, do yeah. think- no, and, and like you look at it, you look at the Nets. If they're all healthy, if they're all healthy, I and Kyrie, I, I mean KD, Kyrie, and Harden. I mean, come come on, it's but but they haven't been healthy. They have not uh-huh. been healthy. They cannot stick together. And Kyrie's not getting the vaccine. So guess what? You're not. You're only getting Kyrie for your road games. So, yeah. I, I mean, it's just a situation that it's not working out. Bottom line is, I, I think Harden is as good as gone, whether it be by Thursday or this offseason. I think Harden's over it. I really the, do. The thing is, though, yeah. But, but because of the fact that being all healthy we all agree that they're like probably the favorites to come out of the east and we think that they're as good a chance as anyone to win a championship if they're all healthy then if you're brooklyn you can't pull the trigger on a trade by thursday like two days Uh, right now i i mean unless they unless james harden really i mean they turn to james harden and say look we have this offer on the table are you with us or not and james sits there and says you know what man Nah, this ain't this ain't it. This ain't it anymore. Which could happen. Yeah, I mean, it, it could, could happen. happen. Um, but I think I, Durant. I think he. I think Harden. I think Harden really respects Durant and doesn't want to leave Durant high. I agree like, with that. Like I, I, I feel that. like like I just described. Like he could 
care less what the fuck Kyrie thinks because Kyrie has fucked him over royally so far. Uh, he but does Durant, that anywhere, anywhere he goes, but that's... Yep. But Durant, he's... If, if Harden goes to Durant and he's like, man, like... And I, I, I know Durant's just sitting there being like, man, just let me come back. Just let me come back. Like, me and you, we can run it. We can get pretty far. Like, I'm I'm arguably one of the best Kevin, players in the can, entire world. Kevin, can I raise you a Ben Simmons? Okay. Can I and raise then, you a Ben Simmons and a Seth then, Curry? So, so I don't think that they'll pull the trigger. I, I don't think they will. But if they did, because they think that Harden's going to leave, you could do worse than Ben Simmons. I mean, Ben Simmons can't shoot. Ben we Simmons could do everything. He just can't shoot. But he can defend like a motherfucker, and he but will. He's soft, and he's mentally I know, soft I know, as I know. charming shit, man. I know, I know. But if you can get the scoring from Kyrie, at least in road games, the scoring of Durant, and then you have a little bit more defense, that I don't know if it tips the scale as much, because also Harden has been playing amazing of, as of late. I mean, he's definitely still trying to, you know, um, get used to the NBA rule changes and whatnot. It's harder for him to draw fouls. But and he hasn't been quite the same guy as he's been the last couple of years. I mean, he is by himself, but he's not putting up fifty point triple double games. So he's not quite the guy he used to be. Um, so I don't know if the scales tip that much by getting Ben Simmons. Um, oh, it, on the, it, 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 the scales tip, Taylor. The scales obviously tip. they tip. Obviously <laughs> they tip. Because I mean, I'm not like James Harden or Ben Simmons. Obviously, you want James Harden, but defensively, he makes a lot of difference like in terms of defense the scale tips tremendously because Harden is not that great of a defender and and Ben Simmons is one of the best defenders honestly in the NBA it's if there's one thing he does best it's that in passing he just can't you know shoot at all <laughs> and he won't shoot or hit not a that wide, he can't. or or hit a wide open layup in the yeah. final minutes well, of should game be seven in the Eastern Conference semifinals. But that was just, yeah. Wow. You know, Nate's that. Bottom line, I don't think James Harden is going to leave or is going to be traded because I don't think that they'll pull that trigger just on the off chance that they can all be healthy for the playoffs. Um, as for the, you know, regular uh, off season, if, if they don't win the championship and Kyrie doesn't get vaccinated and Kyrie doesn't fucking apologize to Harden for all this nonsense, then I do think that he'll leave. And the Sixers are as good about as any to get him because I do think that that would be a lethal pairing. I mean, you know, James Harden has always made his big men better. And, I mean, how much better can you make Joel Embiid? But, like, getting lobs from Durant, and that, that will definitely so, make Joel Embiid's life a lot easier. So the the latest, and I'll, I'll leave with this, and like I said, by the time you listen to this interview or by the time we, obviously, and by the time we air next week we'll know the answer to this but as we record on tuesday evening for our listeners to listen on wednesday the latest that we have is and from everything that we've gathered no matter what you hear from the nets or the sixers on either side it's been game on this negotiation is taking place now one of the holdups really is um the nets want additional outside of ben simmons i mean that's not a secret um a player like Seth Curry or Matisse Tybel might be involved. Tobias Harris might be involved as well, um, going somewhere else. So a lot of moving pieces. Um, and if let me tell you, if Daryl Morey doesn't do this deal because he doesn't want to give up Matisse Tybel or Seth Curry, get out. Get out now. Because let me tell you what, Seth Curry or Matisse Tybel's place in the starting lineup 
is replaced by James Harden. You do not give up the opportunity to acquire James Harden and pair him with Joel Embiid in the best season of his career because of Matisse Tybal or Seth Curry. Give me a goddamn break. So if you could if you could pair James Harden with Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid, whew, whew. yeah, yes, uh, also, sir. I do think that if if a deal doesn't get done. And the Sixers are still just sitting on Ben Simmons into the offseason and whatnot. I heard I heard one thing that they were like, oh, he's not going to be traded before the 2022 draft. And I'm like, you are wasting Joel Embiid's absolute yeah, prime. Yeah. Why? Yeah, like, if you're just spinning your wheels and Joel Embiid is literally having the prime of his career, he's putting up. Akeem Olajuwon Shaq like numbers, and mm-hmm. you're just letting it slip mm-hmm. away. Daryl Morey, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, you're you're preaching to the choir and you're preaching to everything that us Philly fans and Philly media have been preaching ever since the season started. You see what Joel Embiid is doing on the court. You've seen it again. Like last year was not an anomaly. Last year was not an anomaly. Joel Embiid is only getting better. Do not, do not, I, I will be sick to my stomach if I do not see this team get better for what Joel Embiid has done for this team this year. Joel Embiid deserves better. He deserves another all-star to pair with him to go and get a championship because if Joel Embiid does not get a championship playing for the Philadelphia 76ers, I am going to throw up. I will throw (laughs) up because that is a joke. Um, I will leave our listeners with that thought as we head into the NBA trade deadline. Please, Daryl Morey, for the love of God, do something. Do something to help Joel Embiid, um, MVP favorite, in if you my opinion. Also, if you think you're going to get hardened in the offseason to free agency and it's not going to get done, then trade Ben Simmons for someone else. Well, get well that's just it. In like, here. like, if you think you're going to get hardened in the offseason, that's fine. But reevaluate and get Ben the fuck out of here because you're going to get hardened on a free agent deal. You're like, exactly. But you have to free up that money. And you need to get Ben out of Philadelphia. The sooner is better at this point. Now, honestly, at this opinion, like, look, Bradley Beal's done for the year. Lillard's mm-hmm. done for the year. Uh, you, you just saw Buddy Heald get traded. You saw the Kings make their move. Like, you're starting to run out of options, Daryl Morey. Like, do something and make this team better. Like, I get, like, there is, so there's two sides of this coin for me. Like, you have to take advantage of what Joel Embiid is doing right now. And the fact that the Sixers are one of the three, if not, in some people's opinion, the best team in the Eastern Conference. Like, you need to get that last piece. Don't waste it away. But at the same time, if you know that Harden's going to come to Philadelphia next year, obviously you don't have to push the needle. But at the same time, you're still wasting Joel Embiid's MVP season. So maybe help out just a little bit. Just That's what I'm saying. Bit. Just just maybe get something for Ben Simmons. It doesn't have to be Get some a practice superstar. balls. Like it get doesn't some practice have to be a balls. Daryl Morey, he's not that valuable. Like he's valuable, but at this point his he's Bring Markel folks back for God's sakes. <laughs> like just get try. something. Gets if you push the needle a little bit farther, then maybe Philly can at least come out of the East. That's entirely possible. And yes. then who knows what happens in the finals? Like they're not that far off of the top no, teams. I mean, I, I like the Heat. Obviously, I'm a Heat fan, so I love that we're at the top of the standings right now. Sure, and I love yeah. this team, and yeah. I think that they can compete against anyone. But, uh, but do something now, especially an All Star. 
Especially if you really get Harden. Like, like a Harden Embiid combination, I think, is game over for the Eastern Conference this year. Just just the way that Embiid's play, I think that's game over. But like, I have even, reservations on how Harden's playing, but still, I think it would. I think it would be yeah, the gen. Than they are right like, now. Like I, I'm, I'm willing to hear that argument. Uh, general general consensus is that if Embiid is paired with a Harden. They're the clear-cut favorite in the Eastern Conference. I, like, I'm not just saying that because I'm a Sixers fan. Obviously, I, I'll agree with it. Well, but I have heard that from national media analysts that in a, terms a, of, an Embiid and Harden combination, that that's I mean, that the they way would be Embiid the best. Slight, they're they going to be the, the best, best pick-and-roll combination you've seen in years. Well, they would be the best duo of two players in the East probably because even, even if Harden has fallen off and he's not quite like a top-five guy, I mean, who is the best pairing at that point? Because you took it away from Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant and half of Kyrie Irving? Like, no. So Giannis doesn't really have that second Middleton, but he's not James Harden level. Right. And like the Heat Heat, have a bunch of very good players, but not Bam and and Jimmy, but they're not they're not on the level of him. And then the Cavs are there, the Bulls are there, but the the, Yeah, but DeRozan and Levine are not the same level as as Embiid and and you're not you're not looking up. Butler, Bam, or Butler and Hero, or Butler and no. Lowry, and you're not looking at it would one be of those Butler combinations. Out of bio, if anything, I would think, but but still, that's not that's not, <clears throat> that's not James. And I know that I think at this point, a little bit, a little bit, James Harden is skating on his reputation because I really don't think he's played that well this year. But he also is carrying the team half the time because of the fact that. You know, then that's I think if you take one when Durant and Kyrie don't play. your point, that's that's your point. Like, take the pressure off hard. Like, Harden's gonna be the spotlight, but he's also not the main spotlight. You know what I mean? Like, if mm-hmm. if Harden comes to Philly, all eyes are still on MB. So, yeah. I, I mean, that that's gonna allow Harden to, I, I think, have a lot more room on the court and the and the ability of Tyrese Maxey to distribute the ball as well. Like, I think what. Tyrese Maxey has proven this year, and I'm glad that it's been clear that he is not touchable. Um, I, I think he is going to be a stud for the Sixers for years to come, but we have plenty of time to talk about it. We'll talk about the winners and losers of the NBA trade deadline next week. We'll look at the power rankings post NBA trade deadline, who our real true contenders are moving into the dog days of the NBA season as we look towards the playoffs. And then obviously next week, as well, we will talk about our Super Bowl champion. Who's it going to be, the Cincinnati Bengals or the Los Angeles Rams? We will find out this Sunday. Good luck out there for all you betting heads out there. Hopefully, Taylor and I pushed you in the right direction at least a Hopefully. little bit. Go and win yourself some cash. Uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy the NBA trade deadline. And obviously, uh, we will talk about all of that next week this was sports with a z and a t we are presented by godzilla media we are sponsored by mohawk Kanda, john so supply in troy and same face barbershop up in saratoga springs you can find our episode and every episode on spotify apple and youtube on spotify you can rate the podcast just simply go to the top left corner of your screen where the little star is and you can rate us as you please appreciate all the listeners tuning in we will hopefully be able to kind of get back to our consistent schedule now um hopefully things are settling down on my end and i know we do have some backup plans in place now just in case they do not um do expect Probably a week here or there, Taylor might have a guest spot. 
um, for the next couple of weeks, but hopefully not. My plan is to be here every single week and hopefully, uh, hopefully we can turn around. This is a fun, exciting time of year, Taylor. Um, Mm -hmm. exciting Super Bowl coming up, exciting NBA season unfolding. Just wish we had some baseball spring training to talk about. Oh, oh, wait. (laughs) Oh, well, well, I happen to be back. Um, Thanks for being patient with us. Hopefully yeah. we didn't lose any listeners. Hope you all come back and enjoy this hour and a half that we gave you um, pre-Super Bowl. We wanted to get at least that in before the Super Bowl because yes. I know we missed the whole playoffs, which is unfortunate, especially because they're such good games. I know. But hopefully, it makes, makes me sick that, that we had to miss out. Hopefully we enjoy a nice, good, close game on Sunday. And with that... Enjoy your week. Stay safe out there. Stay warm out there. Thankfully, this cold spell is getting behind us, and we're starting to warm up a little bit. Uh, That spring fever is getting a little closer, and uh, hopefully eh, we have some March Madness to talk about here soon too, Taylor. Don't forget about that. That is Uh, true. So college basketball ramping up as well. Uh, For Taylor, I am Bryce. This was sports with a Z and a T. Enjoy your Super Bowl Sundays and your long weekends for those who have uh, Friday off. And uh, we will catch you next week right here. Sports with a Z and a T.